0: Please join me in our responsive welcome, No matter who you are, or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.
1: No matter who you are, or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.
2: No matter who you are, or where you are, on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted. And you
3: are valued here.
2: Stories of faith that connect us. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut or Colorado, the United States or Europe or anywhere in the world.
4: Pentecost um, was a Jewish celebration, and it was the celebration 50 days after Passover, which was a harvest festival. And later has developed become a festival remembering the giving of the Torah. What's interesting about the way that it's celebrated in Jewish tradition is they count down the days in between Passover and Pentecost for them. So when the confirmation group, some of you are here who went with the confirmation group to visit Congregation Neve Kodesh in Boulder, we got to hear the prayer that goes along with the counting the Omer because they were counting down between Passover and Pentecost so as we begin our scripture reading this morning that is why the people are gathered in Jerusalem they are all together there on pilgrimage to mark Pentecost
3: it was now 50 days since Passover 50 days
2: since Jesus died on the cross we felt so lost and alone and sad And then, to our disbelief and amazement, he appeared before us, alive again. We saw him many times after that until he left us to be fully with God. We sang and prayed together, and we wondered what Jesus meant when he said he would send his spirit to be upon us. Would it happen dramatically,
3: like it did with Moses and the 70 leaders, with God coming in a cloud and
2: making us prophesy? Would it happen quietly, like a soft breath breathed upon us, like Jesus did when he appeared to us for the first time? Or would it be something completely
3: different? All we knew was that we should gather together here in
2: Jerusalem. And so... On the day of Pentecost, we were all in Jerusalem for the festival. We gathered in one large room in a house. The disciples, the women, including Jesus' mother Mary, and his brothers and some children were all there together. Suddenly from above, we heard a sound like the rush of a strong wind. It
3: filled the whole house where we were sitting.
2: Go ahead. Can you make a sound like the wind? (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it again.
3: That was just the beginning. Suddenly we looked, we saw what looked like tongues of fire appearing among us.
2: (laughs) All of us were filled with the Holy Spirit and we began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave us ability.
3: Now there were Jews from other countries who had come to Jerusalem for the festival. They were amazed because each one heard us speaking in their own mother tongue, their own language.
2: How is this possible? They all wanted to know, for they recognized we were just simple folk from Galilee and could not possibly know these other languages. They were utterly
3: amazed and confused, and asked, What can this mean?
2: But some laughed at us, and thought we were drunk.
3: Then Peter stood up to speak, and everyone was suddenly silent. What would he say?
2: People of Judea, and all you people who live in Jerusalem, listen. Let me, let me tell you what all of this means. These people are not drunk as you suppose. After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, what's happening is the fulfillment of the words spoken long ago by the prophet Joel. Today's
4: reading had several images for the Holy Spirit. We had, uh, tongues like fire and wind. Yeah, the wind. <laughs> I'm reminded, as I was listening to it, I was reminded that the, the Spirit is described in different ways, in different places throughout the Bible. That we get the Spirit like a dove coming on Jesus at his baptism. We get the Spirit like clouds. And like darkness, the psalmist describes it that way. Or like water, Jesus describes the Spirit like water that will quench our our thirst. And then in the Gospel of John often talks about the Spirit as a comforter, an advocate that comes to us. Which always makes me wonder how each of you experience the Holy Spirit. We know that it isn't easily described, or there wouldn't be so many descriptions for it. And we know that it's experienced differently by different people, and maybe even differently by the same person at a different time. So as we celebrate Pentecost, I invite each of you to ponder that question for yourselves. What does the Spirit move like in you? And I think it's a question worth asking because if we don't occasionally check in with ourselves and see where we're experiencing the Spirit, I think we run the danger of missing it, of not knowing what it feels like, or maybe even just not being open to it. So that's an invitation for your prayer practice this week. I know for myself I always wanted a a God-comes-down-in-a-flames-of-fire moment. That's what I wanted from the Holy Spirit. And more than once in my life, I've gone to God with a question of faith or a question of direction in my life. And I was hoping for that because I assumed that once you experienced that Pentecost moment, that God coming down in flames that you would never doubt or question again. You would know it all, and you would never wonder if God was with you wherever you happened to be. But a closer reading of the story of the Pentecost story tells us something different. After the Holy Spirit came like tongues like fire, after the people were amazed... They were perplexed and they said to each other what does this mean seems like deep experiences of God might just as often lead to more questions as it does more answers which is a fitting thing to remember as we are wrapping up a sermon series on questions of faith for the past several weeks Reverend Sarah has been wrestling with us the deep ponderings of our hearts. There's a line in Alice in Wonderland where Lewis Carroll describes the situation that Alice is in. And he says, little Alice fell down the hole, bumped her head, and bruised her soul. And I've always thought that that could be a description of what it's like to be in a period of spiritual wrestling. When we start asking the questions like, does prayer work? Or, what about angels? Or what happens after we die? And is forgiveness important? They sound like they're head questions and then we quickly discover that they are soul questions. They might even be soul bruising The reason that the questions of faith are so hard is because if you follow them for any length of time, you find yourself rapidly asking other questions. One question leads to another, and we might find ourselves feeling a little upside down, like life through the looking glass. If some people have experienced angels and others haven't, What does that say about how God is working in our world? If I've had prayers answered sometimes, but not always, what is that saying about how I'm praying or how God is listening? If I have to forgive the people who have hurt me deeply, what does that mean about justice? And how am I supposed to get from here to there? Last year, after a sermon on faith and doubt, I invited you all to write down doubts that you had, and we turned them in and we blessed them. And as part of that blessing, I said that questions drew us closer to God because they invited us into the mystery. And then when I went back through the questions later, somebody had written as their question, why is mystery good? And I've been pondering that question for a year now, and the questions were anonymous, so I don't know who wrote it, but I thank you for lifting it up. Mystery doesn't always feel good in the moment. It feels hard. But our Pentecost story reminds us that God is ultimately working in ways we don't always understand. And so while questioning might be hard, it also opens us to new things in new ways. Pentecost people might not always have the answers, but they are willing to wrestle with the question. Last week we talked about angels and then we went down to the hall that's about to be painted and we wrote down our own messages from God. And I took time after the service to walk down that hall, as I'm sure many of you did, and read those messages. And it's interesting because none of them are the same. From a group of people who experience God and some of whom were quoting from scripture or from saints and inspirational figures, the messages were different. We talk a lot about how God is present to all of us, and that is true. But it is also true that God is present to each of us individually, and that that shows up in different ways for different people. One of the beauties of sharing our experiences then is that we learn from each other, and our own views can be expanded. Four of us, Sarah and Anna and Randy and I, just returned from annual celebration, which is our yearly denominational gathering. And I was reminded there again of the different ways that God works in different spirits In different churches, among different people. And so I invite you to hold on to that question where is God working for you? And here, as we hear from Anna and from Randy and from our friends Molly and Sam about where they saw God working this week.
0: Oh, Samantha. Didn't we have such a great time at the Rocky Mountain Conference celebration this week in Grand Junction? Ooh.
1: Oh, honey, who knew a church meeting could be so much fun? I got to catch up with my friends from La Ferre and all over the conference, from Salt Lake City to Colorado Springs, and I made a whole bunch of new best friends.
0: Samantha, everybody's your best friend. I hope I'm still your new bestie. Of
1: course, Molly. God loves all of us, including you, and all of them, and I do too. Ah. I
0: loved our theme, embracing the spirit of joy and light, and experiencing the stories of how God is working through our sister churches. (laughs)
1: Our conference ministers, Sue and Aaron did an awesome job leading us all the way and through our conclusion in worship and music and communion. I loved listening to
0: that beautiful anthem when you sang in the choir and then everybody cried.
1: Gosh, Molly, so much of our time was deeply moving. I loved hearing about how our church's wider mission money gets used for ministry. There's three specific things that our UCC Longmont dollars support. Disaster ministries, new church starts, and support for churches and clergy in transition. All those great promotional materials that invite folks to come to church comes from our OCWM2. And look at these certificates for being such a generous church and for participating in all five of the United Church of Christ ministries. Randy, could you hold them up for me? Well, sure I can.
0: <laughs> Yay, church! And I got so excited about hearing about Archway Housing and their commitment to affordable housing for all God's people, just like our MICA project here at UCC Church Longmont. I'm really curious about the work of BorderLinks, border Links, and how churches like ours have stepped up to provide support and resettlement for refugees looking for the same stuff we want, A safe place to live, a safe place to work, and a safe place to worship. How hard can that be?
1: I don't know, Molly. That theologian that was his name, John Dominic Crossan, he gave us some challenging things to think about. He made it sound like we humans might all go extinct (gasps) if we don't change course soon. I heard him say evolution is the professional face of God and Jesus is the personal face of God Could you say that again I didn't quite understand, I didn't quite catch that Sure <laughs> Evolution is the professional face of God and Jesus is the personal face of God
0: Wow That really gives us something to think about. I remember he started with the cross. Anna, could you hold that cross up for me? Well, I think I can. Oh, yes. Sure, Molly, here's the cross. It's pretty important, isn't it?
1: Yes, he stated, started with the cross as the sign of resurrection of all people in new life. Then he challenged us as resurrection people, saying that evolution is the business face of God. We face an evolutionary challenge for our species. Only nonviolent revolution can stop the cycle of escalatory violence. Wow! That's a big college word.
0: Oh, my! That means there's something we can do about violence in our world as Christians. Hmm. Uh Uh-oh. I remember he also said, Remember that there were guards at the tomb when Jesus died, making sure he didn't escape? They weren't very good at that, were they? Well, he said... (laughs) It's not that we're asleep like the guards at Jesus' tomb when he died. He said, we're awake, and we actually know what to do about violence and about creating a more nonviolent world. But we just don't want to do it.
1: I wonder where God might lead our church Next, if we follow the nonviolent revolution of Jesus, like he said.
0: I wonder that too. Hmm. And do you remember that open space thing we did? I got to sit in silence with Pastor Sarah for 30 minutes. Can you believe I can sit for 30 minutes without saying anything in prayer?
1: Well,. Good for you, Molly, but I like chatting with my new best friends. While you zipped it, I sat with two of my friends. One of them is a newly called pastor in the Black Forest by La and the other wants to be one too and is going to seminary school to become a pastor.
0: We had our thinking caps on for sure, Samantha, and it was so great to think about the future of our church with Pastor Amelia and Pastor Sarah, and yet sharing faith can be so much funner when we talk about important stuff over homemade ice cream, lots of it, and on that long hike through that gorgeous canyon yesterday morning.
1: Hmm, getting my body up that hill was a God thing for sure after the great food, music, and dancing that night before getting up at six for that hike was so worth it. How great to see what stuff God created over the eons out of water and wind. I guess God works on us slowly over time too. Sometimes I can only see that when I look back and noticed how I've changed.
0: Me too. And I hear stories from folks in our church that God has been w- at work through UCC Longmont for a very, very long time.
1: And I'm so glad we got to share our stories about how God is at work through our personal blessings and also helping us make it make peace with the hard stuff
0: there's always hard stuff isn't there
1: Mm-hmm.
0: i can't wait to see where god will lead you and you and you and all of us and our pastors next and for sure i'm so glad we get to go together
4: I love Sam's point that um, sometimes God works on us slowly over long periods of time. And sometimes God works on us quickly. And we might experience a deep experience of the Holy Spirit. So as we continue to hold that mystery together today, let us join in singing Spirit of the Living God. And if you will stand. Take a moment to gather together in silence, in this space, to lift up the things that Spirit is calling you to lift up this morning in a time of prayer. So as we go forward from this place, go forward as Pentecost people. Yes, and when you go, wherever you go, go forth in the love of God.
3: Go forth with hope and joy. Trusting that that spirit is before you to light your way. Behind you to encourage you. Above you to watch over you. Beside you to befriend you. And within you
2: to bring you peace. Go in that peace. And let us say together, Amen.